Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. California mayors are under a lot of pressure to end visible street homelessness, especially the ones who are up for re-election next year. And in San Francisco and San Jose, London Breed and Matt Mahan are out to prove that they're doing something by putting more focus on shelters and temporary housing. They say it'll get people off the streets faster. If we say to ourselves that we have to wait to first solve the housing supply challenge, the need for affordable housing for every person who needs it before we can end street homelessness, that's a recipe for the status quo and the immense suffering and negative impacts we see on the streets today. But homeless advocates are worried because in a tight budget year, more money spent on temporary housing is less money spent on more permanent solutions, like building affordable housing. You know, I think we need to start by acknowledging that there's never enough dollars to do everything we want. Uh, But I think that's why it's so important that when we're looking at these limited dollars, that we're coming up with a plan that will actually work. Today, why mayors across California want to focus on temporary shelters and what we know about whether it'll work. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. How might you maybe summarize what San Jose has been doing recently to get people off the streets? 
I mean, I would say what San Jose has been doing to reduce homelessness is really part of a larger effort throughout Santa Clara County, and that's been prioritizing the construction of affordable housing. San Jose voters created a pot of money just to reduce homelessness, and three-quarters of that goes to constructing new affordable housing. This is Guy Marzarati, a correspondent with KQED's Politics and Government Desk and a producer of the Political Breakdown podcast. He co-reported this story with Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, a producer and reporter for KQED. What about San Francisco, Joe? How would you summarize what San Francisco has been doing to get people off the streets? There has long been kind of a tug of war between funding for permanent homes and temporary shelters in San Francisco. And what voters passed in 2018 was Proposition C, Our City, Our Home. And it was kind of pushed forward by the nonprofits who said, you know what, we're, we're sick of this tug of war. We need some housing. So we're going to pass this ballot measure for housing and behavioral health solutions. But here's the thing, right, is that housing is so prohibitively expensive, especially in San Francisco, where you're surrounded on three sides by water. You know, your choice of spots to build is a lot tougher than in most places and more expensive. Lately, I know there's been a lot more pressure on mayors to address homelessness. And now is a time when local officials are really hashing out their city budgets. So what are these two mayors focusing on now in order to address homelessness, starting with Matt Mahan guy? Matt Mahan gets elected mayor last year really on a promise to put new emphasis on temporary housing. People expect us to move with greater urgency and immediacy to address the issue. And the reality is that we we need both a long-term and a short-term strategy. The city still has over 4,000 people living on the streets. We absolutely need more affordable housing. Unfortunately, the magnitude of the need for affordable housing means that we will likely have that need for decades to come. And I think there's a development here that's really important to understanding Mahan's argument, and that's the changing nature of what we call temporary housing. Erica, when I say shelter, most people probably think about a congregate shelter, right? Those like large rooms, there's cots, shared bathrooms, showers, you have the big cafeteria downstairs. That's not what Mahan is talking about. They come off an assembly line at $25,000 a piece, even with common space and utilities and furnishing and, and all in. We can create a quick build community at a cost of $150,000 a unit. They're basically like small apartments in most cases with private bathrooms. Then you have a communal space for cooking where you can access social services. And he's really pushed to have the city invest more of these homeless dollars towards building these temporary homes to kind of fill the gap in between living on the streets and then the the ultimate destination, which I think everyone agrees is the best uh, in a perfect world, which is a permanent apartment of your own. We certainly need housing at all levels of affordability. That will require public subsidy. I'm not disagreeing with any of that. But as long as we have thousands of people living and literally dying on our streets, I think we have to lean into the faster to deploy, more cost-effective solutions for getting people into a safe, managed environment. Okay, so in, in San Jose, it's build quickly. 
Joe, how has London Breed been talking about how to address homelessness in San Francisco in recent weeks? Mayor Breed has definitely felt the shift uh, in people's attitudes and the real urgency from uh, housed people and voters um, to get folks off the streets. And a lot of this is coming from a lot of different places, maybe some cross attitudes around the pain felt around crime, even if crime statistics have not shown an increase in crime. We know crime exists. We know the perception is also uh, very much problematic. It is very difficult. It is very frustrating and people want to see change. It's why I've been working so hard to address it specifically in the areas that it, it, it is most problematic. Mayor Breed has certainly felt this need to make sure that people are feeling safe, housed people are feeling safe. So we have investments in creating more beds for people who we know are homeless now. Um, so we're making some investments to add more shelter, add more housing vouchers, add more wraparound supportive housing. And we also are focused on clean streets and some investments there. And so what she has proposed is taking $60 million from Proposition C, the one that was meant to house family and transitional age youth, and saying, you know what, we have a more urgent need right now, and that urgent need is to get people just straight up off the streets uh, in higher numbers than the housing would accomplish. Housing is permanent, but it only helps a certain number of people, whereas a temporary shelter, a congregate shelter can house so many more. And that's another difference between San Francisco and San Jose when we're looking at what the mayors are doing with this money. There are some tiny home villages, like some little prefab villages in San Francisco, but that's to keep already open places going. It also would somewhat fund rental assistance, so there is a little bit of a mix in there, but the emphasis here is on uh, temporary uh, housing and not as much on those prefabricated villages as we're seeing in San Jose. Guy, Matt Mahan, really has been prioritizing temporary shelters since taking office and even before that. And I know San Jose actually just approved its budget for the next fiscal year. Can you walk us through a bit of that? Uh, How does he plan to really get this done? Yeah, so this process got incredibly contentious over this issue. I mentioned before this pot of money that voters in San Jose created to reduce homelessness That goes back to 2020. It's a ballot measure called Measure E, and it basically created this tax on expensive home sales in San Jose, and the money would go just towards helping to reduce homelessness in the city. Well, that pot of money, it's basically a zero-sum dynamic. Mahan wanted more of the Measure E money to go towards temporary housing, so that would mean less of the Measure E money going towards permanent housing. It was a really controversial idea. It set off weeks of debate at City Hall over the budget. So ultimately, last week, the council voted and they rejected Mahan's plan. That would have put $40 million in Measure E funds towards temporary solutions. Instead, the plan that got approved was a smaller shift. It was $29 million towards these shelter programs. What is the trade-off looking like in San Francisco, uh, Joe, with this focus on temporary housing? 
you know, what they're finding is that uh, a lot of funding towards emergency shelter for uh, homeless folks has, you know, been drying up as the federal government has been pulling out of pandemic era funding, emergency funding. And so they really are trying to shore up that temporary uh, uh, the temporary shelter solutions with funding that could come from the general funds. And the general fund does fund a lot of what happens in homelessness in San Francisco. So it really is a choice of where where can they put the dollars. I'm curious what people who actually work in homelessness and, and with people experiencing homelessness, what do they make of this sort of shift happening in, in cities like San Francisco and San Jose? So the argument that's been made by opponents of Matt Mahan's plan in San Jose are saying there's going to be immediate consequences for not funding affordable housing. Ultimately, we need to show results for our community, and we can't do that by going shelter alone. I talked to David Lowe. He works for the nonprofit Destination Home. And Lowe, he understands the pressure that faces mayors. He actually used to work for the last mayor of San Jose, Sam Licardo, But he says, look, if there's about a half dozen projects, affordable housing projects that are moving forward in San Jose that need Measure E funds. These, you know, apartment developments, as we talked about, they require so many different sources of funding. And Lowe argues if you take away city funding, the whole projects could fall apart. We have affordable housing projects ready to go. And without that funding, we will see further delays, increased costs at a time we can afford neither, or the very serious risk that some of these projects will all fall apart together. It's it's important to note that in San Francisco, the money is being diverted from permanent housing for transitional age youth and families specifically. If we do not invest in young people and families, we create the pipeline for chronically homeless adults. One person I spoke to was Sherilyn Adams. Uh, she's the executive director of Larkin Street Youth Services, which helps you know transitional age youth and other youth get off the street. So we have the Larkin Street engagement centers. We provide showers, bathrooms, laundry, food, so breakfast and lunch. Sherilyn Adams was talking about how this is really an invisible population. They hide uh, their their homelessness status even when they're in school. Sometimes they'll even just reveal that they're homeless only once they finally are able to get housing. Without this money, there will once the current projects are wrapped up, there's no housing in the pipeline for this population. We are on a path to getting to a place where we could really get to sort of what we call functional zero, right? Where you have an, you have the right amount of services and housing in your system that if anybody becomes homeless, you can quickly resolve that or get them into housing. We could get there with young people, but you don't get there if you stop creating resources. Another big reason why homelessness advocates would rather see more spending on permanent solutions like affordable housing is because it's more effective in the long run at keeping people housed. In San Jose, only half of people who entered temporary housing eventually ended up in permanent housing within the first year, according to the latest data. Whereas about 96% of people who moved into affordable housing stayed housed. But mayors all over the state are still leaning into the idea of more temporary shelters, arguing that it's still better than letting people live on the streets. Guy, are San Jose and San Francisco 
alone in this sort of shift to focus on temporary housing as a solution to homelessness? No, we've seen this around the state. You know, mayors expressing a sense of urgency that they believe temporary housing is the right policy to address. We see it in Los Angeles with Mayor Karen Bass. She was asked on CNN this weekend, like, what's been the key to your strategy around reducing street homelessness? She said, long-term interim housing. So we're doing everything we can to build housing in Los Angeles, but it still takes months. We don't want to leave people on the street while we're building. So we need interim temporary housing. We've seen it in San Diego. Mayor Todd Gloria successfully got an encampment ban passed this month. Well, if, if he's going to ban encampments, he's going to need to expand the city's supply of shelters. So here we have the mayors of the four largest cities in California, all kind of saying the same thing about temporary housing. I'll say from a reporting standpoint, like this is what set off the light bulb for me and Joe, right? Like you look for a trend story, like we have the four biggest cities in our state where the same kind of budget battles, the same kind of emphasis is being discussed by these leaders. We're like, OK, something is definitely going on here. I want to shift to both of you on sort of the politics of this and why there is such a focus now on temporary housing. I mean, Guy, Matt Mahan and London Breed are actually also up for re-election next year, right? So how does that play a role in this? That's right. And I think here's where you get into this focus on visible, unsheltered homelessness, right? The push to house those folks, not only for their sake, but, you know, not wanting residents to be confronted with encampments. It becomes this political issue. This was the number one issue Mahan was elected to fix. And even though he's only going to have been mayor for about a year when voting starts next February, residents want to see progress on this issue. I'll also add like, okay, why are we talking about this right now? Fiscal years start on July 1st. So we're really getting down to the wire on crafting these local budgets. And crafting local budgets looks a lot different right now than it did in 2021 or 2022. We're entering a time of shrinking budgets. And you can't just expect that, oh, if I don't fund this one program, I'll have aid from the federal government or I'll have aid from Sacramento coming to you know help make it whole. In this context, in both San Francisco, in San Jose, and a lot of other of these cities, a dollar that you spend building an apartment is a dollar that you cannot spend standing up a shelter. And what about London Breed? Mayor Breed is in, a, in an interesting position right now. Essentially, by asking for a pot of money from Proposition C and forcing the Board of Supervisors into a vote over that funding, uh, not just approving a budget, but a vote over that specific funding, if they push back and say, you can't take away funding from these youth in order to pay for the shelters, find money somewhere else, she can very easily tell the tale that the supervisors push back against her homelessness priorities and any visible street homelessness you see between now and Mayor Breed's election, she'll be able to say, this was the Board of Supervisors, it's their fault, which is especially rough on the uh, supervisors who are going to try to run for mayor. Uh, one already has announced, uh, Supervisor Asha Safai, 
but there may be other supervisors waiting in the wings to announce their mayoral runs. On the other hand, if they do approve it, then Mayor Breed will say she's got to win. She's the uniter who got the supermajority of the uh, Board of Supervisors to go lockstep with her plan to help ease homelessness. It just needs some time to happen. Um, if you see it during her campaign, don't worry. It's uh, The solutions are taking time to take shape. When and how will we know if this approach, this shift to temporary housing is actually working to solve the problem on our streets? Well, you know, there's again, there's two different goals that you can see, right? And the two goals are, are people getting housed and are people getting off the streets? They are similar and they are uh, connected, but they're not the same. You can be off the streets and live in a congregate shelter with bed bugs, with the threat of being stabbed at night, or you could be housed and getting off your addictions. But then again, as Guy brought up, these uh, small village sites with the prefabricated buildings are a, a middle ground that try to bridge the gap between the weaknesses of the congregate shelter and the slowness of getting permanent housing. So there are there is some nuance in that discussion. But, you know, we can see, we'll probably see this in point-in-time counts. Every year, cities conduct a point-in-time count where they assess street homelessness. We'll see this in housing rates, which cities keep track of every month. So there will be some ways to assess this early on and other ways to assess this long-term. I mean, I would say this is where you get into the political timeline running up against the policy timeline, right? Like advocates of San Jose's approach, emphasis on permanent housing, they can point to data saying progress is being made. Like the the overall uh, homelessness count went down this year. The ratio of how many households are entering homelessness for households exiting homelessness, that's actually shrinking. But it's very hard for these mayors to run on that. I mean, Eric, I've never seen a mayor run for office with the bumper sticker, trust the process, or stick to the program. Like they need to show that they're taking new action on this issue. And Joe's point is the best one. Like either get your plan or die trying. Like if you can't get your agenda passed as a mayor, you have to show voters that your opponent's fingerprints are on the reason why you couldn't get the plan passed. Well, Guy Marzarati, Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, thank you both so much uh, for breaking this down. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Erica. That was Joe Fitzgerald Rodriguez, a reporter and producer for KQED, and Guy Marzarati, correspondent for KQED's Politics and Government Desk and producer of the Political Breakdown podcast, which you can find wherever you found The Bay. This 37-minute conversation with Joe and Guy was cut down and edited by senior editor Alan Montesilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored this episode and added all the tape. We got some production assistance from our intern, Jalen Herdman. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. 
And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.